Hello, podcast world. It is Cam here. Hey, this is Mal. And this is Their Eyes Were Watching TV, a TV and film podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the beloved hit own show called Queen Sugar. We're going to be talking about this final season, season seven, episode five, called With a Kind Of. That's... Did I write that down? That no, that was right. right because I like I was looking at like the other titles because I was like, with the kind of what? Like I just <laughs> thought it got cut off. But all the titles were a bit like unusual. So I think that's the whole thing. Okay. Well, uh yeah. That's the name of the episode. We confirmed it. So <laughs> take it away with some news, Mal. Okay. So Jada Pinkett Smith is planning to release her own memoir next fall that will allegedly detail her complicated marriage to one Mr. Willard Smith. Oh. Yeah. And uh, the book will also focus on her struggles with depression, being able to find herself again, and even her friendship with Tupac. Of course, she has <laughs> she has to always <laughs> remind us about that. <laughs> Hopefully so, she doesn't spend all her time talking about Tupac in the book and her <laughs> husband. Do you think it's a thing? Like, I mean, I know she mentions him and like, I know it's become a joke, but I don't feel like I hear her talk about Tupac that much. No. It's, it's no, a joke, right? Not. Okay. okay. Definitely like, a joke. She maybe. does always bring him up though. And I mean, hell, I would too. If Tupac was my homie. Like, come on. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. up every chance i got that's <laughs> yeah, a, a pretty big deal i guess it's like diddy always bringing up biggie yeah basically yeah that's fair ride them coattails <laughs> now i i have not read will smith's book um so i'm just wondering you know kind of what it's going to be like from her perspective because i think you know he gave some details into their marriage so it's going to be interesting to get the other side of that Ooh, i know people really enjoyed his like audiobook Mm. so i wonder i i've been meaning to listen to it but i have not but okay jada good yeah. for her speaking of jada i wanted to see i think it might have been like last week or maybe two weeks ago at this point uh red table talk hayden panettiere was on there oh i wanted to watch that right she was talking about like i guess giving up custody of her child and yeah how it's not always what people think it's not because you're a bad mom or something i was like whoa whoa <laughs> i need i need to watch this and uh hear this explanation why yeah. a wealthy person can't take care of their own child well I, yeah i really want to watch it um because i know like hayden's had like a really tough time postpartum and it was kind of interesting because her character Juliet on Nashville, um, it seemed like it was almost mirroring like her real life. Cause uh, I don't know if you were still watching Nashville at that time, but after yeah. okay, yeah. So you remember how she was struggling uh being a mom and just uh having, I guess, like postpartum depression. And it seemed like um Hayden was kind of going through the same stuff herself. Mm -hmm. So uh it's, it seems like she's doing better now which is great but I know she definitely had a really tough time there for a while yeah I I gotta add that to my my watch list yeah 
Mindy Kaling is doing another show for HBO Max. Uh, she is going to executive produce an animated series called Velma, which is going to be a Scooby-Doo spinoff. Mm-hmm. And she is going to be voicing Velma. And Sam Richardson, who was Richard Splett on Veep. Did you watch Veep? I did. Do you remember like the kind of like nerdy, like really funny black guy who was on there, uh-huh. Richard? Yes, he's gonna be Shaggy. Oh. And Constance Wu is going to voice Daphne. Other voices uh who will I guess join for random episodes include Weird Al Yankovic, Carl Anthony Towns, Nicole Byer, Ming Na Wen, and Yvonne Orgy. Okay. Yeah. So I, that could be fun. I mean, I loved Scooby-Doo and Hanna-Barbera cartoons as a kid. So why not? Yeah, I just kept seeing stuff about, I guess, Velma is going to be a LGBTQI plus character. So I think that's a different show uh, or movie because they okay. actually mentioned that in the article I was reading about Mindy's show. Um, so it's not connected to that show. I, I don't I, I don't know how Velma will identify in this cartoon, but that's a different show. Wait, so multiple people are rebooting Scooby-Doo? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Now I'm confused. There's big money in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Is there? <laughs> Apparently. The girls can't get enough, it looks like. So the last thing I have, we talked about, I, I think we were talking about that play Jesse Williams was in it's probably oh. been a couple months ago now, but mm-hmm. you asked me if he was still dating Taylor Page. Oh, it's been confirmed that they are not. Yes. So you, you saw the news? Uh, I think the latest I saw was maybe his ex-wife like complaining about maybe their custody agreement or his parenting and then mentioned the person he was dating yeah so well that's not what i was going to talk about but i do i do believe the judge ordered them to go to like co-parenting therapy or training or something together Mm. Uh, but that is different but i almost sent you randomly taylor page's instagram page uh popped up today and i saw her hugged up with some other man and so i almost sent you the picture because i was like oh like she's in a new relationship and the caption was something like um oh here's the caption actually out of nowhere you appeared and show me that the way that i love was always the way because it's your way too so I was like, oh, it's, it's a little, okay. yeah, okay. all right. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's easier to read it than hear it because I had to reread it a couple times. But I was like, oh, okay, like she has a new boyfriend. He's a fashion designer. His name is Rivington Starchild, oh. and his um, what a name. <laughs> yeah, guessing that's not a birth name, but <laughs> his uh, fashion line is called Rivington Roy Rabis. I believe I don't know. Hmm. R-E-B-I-S. Okay. So yeah, I thought they were dating. Um, they're actually married. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I believe she just got married yesterday. Today's third. Yeah, so I think she got married uh Wednesday, October 5th. And she apparently announced their engagement two weeks ago. 
and then um, got married to ring in her 32nd birthday. When did they start dating? Has it been six months? I, I don't know for sure, but she mentioned at some point something about being like, yeah, I can't find the caption now, but she said something about like this being three months in or this three months yeah something about (laughs) three months so I assume that maybe they've been dating for three months yeah but um, I mean you know maybe they'll be one of the few who surprise us I don't know I mean he loves the same way she loves so it might and and what does that mean is that healthy or toxic we don't know (laughs) i mean yeah i i have no idea the way either of them love but (laughs) hopefully hopefully it's a good sign oh did jesse wish her well (laughs) doubt it there i feel like he got a lot of troubles of his own so i I doubt it (laughs) well one couple's getting married and another one's getting divorced what a T- great segue <laughs> i mean it's sad but great segue uh, tia maori is filing for divorce from her husband of 14 years although i think they've been together almost 20 years oh wow Corey hardrick they have two children together korean kyrell very adorable i hope the kids are all right on instagram i mean you would never know these people have problems. Like it's it's a little yeah. scary, honestly. Uh, yeah. Like I like, need to see like your significant other kind of like slowly being phased out. Right. Yes. Yes. I need to see some. T- I need to feel some tension. <laughs> I need to see some subtweets. Like I need. I need there to be a gradual like downfall. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like usually it's like, oh, Shane posted Corey in a while. Is everything okay? But yeah it seems like they i would have never known right they i mean they've been together since they were kids um so crazy she is citing irreconcilable irreconcilable differences (laughs) (laughs) my mouth did not want to say that Um, tough word everyone thinks Corey is cheating Corey has uh strongly denied that claim calling it lies and fallacies they did have a prenup because she's been famous since she was a kid and you know some might not even know who he is even though he acts (laughs) (laughs) um they had a prenup and she's asked the judge to terminate his spousal support which was a part of that agreement since i guess he has a job now he's on um all-american homecoming ah okay so yeah, that is that is sad. Uh, a black marriage has fallen apart. Yeah, I I just I can't imagine being with someone for like twenty years and then it not working out. Like I'm like I need to figure it out by year five. Like that's too long. <laughs> that and like they just seemed they always. Um, or their family kind of presents themselves as you know a very like strong christian family and i mean nowadays yes christians will actually get divorced but it's just it's surprising you would think you know they try and work it out but man it's kind of crazy i wonder like 
Does this open more doors for Tia? Does this open more doors for Corey? Who knows? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I I don't really see how it would open or close doors. Well, I think so. You know, they had a reality show. You know, back in the day, the wait the, the one with the twins, right? Or yes, just, the sisters. Okay. Yes, sisters had a reality show, and I think. For some reason, I remember maybe Tia saying there were certain roles that she wouldn't take because, you know, she was married or she was about to be a mom. So, like, you know, certain love scenes she wasn't comfortable doing that I'm like, okay, maybe now she'll be a little more, a little more out here. Mm, Okay. I did not know she said that. So that, that definitely changes things maybe i don't i don't she still you know has always been pretty wholesome so i really don't see that changing but i'm just curious what this might awaken in either one of them yeah might be uh dropping it low for jesus (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know why life jennings decided to share this (laughs) I guess he wanted to cash in on all the hype regarding uh, the Netflix uh, Jeffrey Dahmer series that apparently the internet has been going nuts over. Um, I don't know why people think Jeffrey Dahmer is attractive. Uh. I saw one mugshot where he looked okay, but I think it was just like, it was like a decent picture, but like every other picture I've seen, like he looks terrible. So yeah. I think he looks like a murderer. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly like a murderer. But it's weird because it seems like um every time like a show comes out, like remember like the Ted Bundy stuff that came out a year or two ago? Yes. And then like everybody, not everybody, but you know, those people who enjoy serial killers were like, oh my God, he was so fine. And like, I'm like, y'all, like there all these people walking on earth and <laughs> you want to crush on serial killers now legitimately he was attractive and that is half the problem on how he was able to like victimize the people that he did and pimp the system do you know did you watch his you i guess no you don't don't watch watch that mess do you know this man like evaded the police and like (laughs) basically broke out of jail several times and was on the run several times oh wow Uh like broke out of a courthouse as he was waiting to be i don't know arraigned or whatever they do in courthouses (laughs) jumped out a window (laughs) jumped out a window and was on the run for like holy shit see now how was he by himself long enough to jump out of a window exactly (laughs) it's all because he was like an attractive guy and And white white was charming that too (laughs) that too and i think you know this is like the 70s or 80s when it was much easier to commit crimes and get away it with them. Like the 1870s, they should have like sealed <laughs> windows. A little better I, security than that. I mean, he was on foot and still managed. <laughs> That's wild. Get away from these people for months. Oh, I digress. Um, <laughs> so all this hype around Jeffrey Dahmer, Life Jennings, you know, shares via IG Live that they're incarcerated at the same time together um and i don't know some facility in the 90s when he was very young yeah Um, he was only like 14 which is insane that he was in a grown people prison yes 
So he is, I guess, doing time time and <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. Why did you say time? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess Jeffrey Dahmer was like in between. He was getting transported somewhere. Either way, they ended up at the same facility, like uh, I guess on the same block. And, and Life Jennings would, you know, sing. And one day he asked him to sing a song and apparently jeffrey dahmer loves r&b specifically mint condition (laughs) (laughs) he requested he sing pretty brown eyes by mint condition and life jennings did it he did it for this man saying he didn't know who he was and that you know prison is a it's a different place yeah and that you know, apparently he got a lot of backlash or people that didn't believe his story. And, you know, he basically said, like, yeah, I don't know. Prison was different in the 90s. Like, young people would be mixed in, mm. you know, prison populations and kind of, you know, violent offenders with nonviolent would be mixed in. Um, he claims he has a lot more stories, but he's not giving them to us because <laughs> <laughs> we're ungrateful. <laughs> but yeah i don't i don't know what he expected us to do with this information yeah it was just like okay (laughs) or i'm like why wasn't this you know his first album where like after every song there was like an interlude where he would talk i'm I'm gonna be honest with you i couldn't stand like all his little like spoken parts hated him i don't even like like Jennings uh music it's just okay it, I just I remember like being in the car with someone like I back whenever that album was out and they were playing it and I just remember that like he had a single that was like A-O-U and like <laughs> every time I would hear that I was like nope I'm out <laughs> you gotta you gotta turn it uh, but that is the most I've heard his music in that car ride and I've never <laughs> listened to it again I too was tortured by like <laughs> Jennings in a car. Um, I don't. It was like in high school. I think I was riding with like one of my friends and her family to like somewhere, you know, yeah. some amusement park or some trip. Actually, I think we were going to Atlantic City. <laughs> Random for teenagers. Okay, right. <laughs> Either way, her mom really liked that album and played it on re heat oh my the entire God. road trip and oh. i'm telling you these interludes be like minutes long i just feel like this story would have been perfect for that album yeah because <laughs> it was yeah. all like about like his time being incarcerated and blah 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 yeah that's that's where he should have put it and all these other stories he allegedly has <laughs> i hope you had a disman in that car ride or something or, uh or... this was before the days of i, I don't even I was no that was not before the days of discmans before i had one i don't think i had mm-hmm. one until college honestly by the time we were in college mp3 players were and i still had a discman okay <laughs> damn (laughs) i distinctly remember (laughs) freshman year i think by like junior senior year i had an ipod 
but definitely freshman <laughs> year i had my cd player disc man in my backpack and i would get so pissed like anytime somebody knocked me or bumped me on the bus because <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I mean I, I definitely had a discman freshman year. Um because I haven't listened to it uh every night when I would go to sleep. And but I remember getting a refund check, maybe junior year, and me and my best friend, we didn't know we were doing it, but we both um used re- our refund checks to get iPods. <laughs> 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 Which is very checks. responsible, but uh, the last story I have, um, Billy Eichner is mad at you bitches for not <laughs> showing up for him and going to see his goddamn movie, okay? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this was a $22 million budget and they have only made $5 million and he's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> It has apparently gotten a lot of like critical acclaim. I think Rotten Tomatoes has it listed as like 89% and it's been highly reviewed and apparently the, the box office numbers have just been abysmal. And I know for me, I thought this movie came out months ago. Yeah. I didn't realize it just came out. I feel like maybe there was a failure in the marketing machine and that's why it maybe didn't make the numbers um i also feel like he's being unrealistic like this is a gay rom-com like the people that were gonna go see it they're gonna go see it you know the rest of us are probably gonna wait for it to come out on streaming i feel like his numbers will go up once it hits streaming i know i wanted to see the movie i just don't want to go to theaters to see it like it's not i'm not that pressed (laughs) about it it looks cute but not enough for me to like show up opening weekend like i don't i don't do that hardly for any movies (laughs) yeah let alone a rom-com i mean yeah it has to be something i really want to see especially post-covid because i'm still being like super cautious so like literally the only movie i've seen in theaters since march of 2020 is nope so i i mean he has to keep that in mind too like movie the box office hasn't been the same since covid exactly like the only thing that's really still doing super well i I feel like is marvel films yeah yeah so um yeah and the other thing is like you know i also thought it was coming out months ago because i remember it being advertised around the same time that fire island the mm-hmm. Hulu film that Bo and Yang and uh, Joel Kim Booster did. And I, I feel like I remember seeing articles about like, oh, you know, the diversity in this movie versus bros. So, you know, I feel like that might be a part of it too. One, like it was supposed to come out months ago and then maybe they push it back because of Fire Island. I don't know. But also like if your movie is focusing only on like white gays, like, and yeah like you're kind of isolating like part of your audience who might come again i've you know maybe it is more diverse i know miss lawrence i think plays one of billy's co-workers mm-hmm. t.s madison is also in it oh, okay i didn't know that yeah i mean i they're probably very minor characters exactly yeah that's what i feel like um 
I guess Billy is most upset that the straighties and the homophobes did not show up <laughs> to see this movie. And again, I ask, what were you expecting? <laughs> like, why, why would homophobes show up? Like, come on, why? The homophobes definitely Right. They definitely weren't going. <laughs> and I'm sure most of the streets, like me, are just waiting for it to come to streaming. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting for everything to come to streaming for the most part. So, and, and the other thing too, you know, was he first in line for like Woman King? Like, was he Ooh. going to support, you know, uh, black no. movies or Latino or Asian led movies or anything like that? But you want us to go support your movie? I don't know about Woman King, but uh, well, it was the first movie. I know that I know it's controversial, but the first movie that came to mind. But yeah, I mean, you know, like, are you going to support, you know, people of color films? Did you go see Noah's Ark when that movie came out? Like, <laughs> did that go to theaters? I think so. I think so. No, I don't know. I was like, definitely. I thought it was. I thought it was. I don't know. I was. That was a long time ago. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I thought it did. First of all, if we're talking about reboots, how come no one is talking about Noah's Ark? Bring Noah's Ark back. I only saw a few episodes. I think I think I watched the movie. Did you? Was it good? The show or the yeah, movie? The show. I don't, I, that was I don't great. The okay. <laughs> the show was great. It was the black gay man's girlfriends. Or like waiting to, ex- well, yeah, girlfriends because it was a show. Ah, it's very good. Okay. Okay. Very good. Or like Sex in the City. Oh, maybe I should see if that's like streaming somewhere. I should go back and watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it in real time. I saw it on streaming. Um, I think when I first moved to DC, but loved it okay such a good show and why has there not been another show like this like where where are the gay black men like rebooting and revamping i guess hollywood also has to finance it but (laughs) (laughs) yeah minor part they did it once i mean you know but somebody will do it again (laughs) (laughs) every single episode (laughs) you are obsessed with that man (laughs) savior of black media okay (laughs) but if somebody's gonna get it done (laughs) it is byron allen you are absolutely right but uh that's all i've got for news so how about we dive right on in to our show this week talking about queen sugar episode five season seven yes as cam mentioned this episode is called with a kind of period um, <laughs> or and dot dot dot, dot <laughs> right just literally ends right there and just to give some background on queen sugar one oh my god this is literally one of my favorite shows ever like I love this show. It is so heartwarming. One of my favorite parts about this show is the way that they show emotion, especially male emotion. Mm. Like with the characters of Hollywood and Ralph Angel, like it is just, and, and Micah as well. Like it's so healthy. Like it's just so great to see like Black men on TV being, you know, warm, embracing each other, having a brotherhood. It's wonderful to see Mm, definitely agree 
I also, you know, speaking about Black men, I love that this show shows that Black men can evolve. Mm. Specifically, Ralph Angel's Ooh, character. Ralph, yes, ma'am. Yes. Like, from episode one to now, like, I don't even recognize him. Like, it is phenomenal, his his growth and maturity and his acting honestly his acting has improved well now you're talking about kofi (laughs) yes (laughs) talking about the actor but i i missed out on last season so i kind of skipped it and just jumped to this one to get caught up (laughs) but i'm just i'm just so happy to see where ralph angel and darla are it's it's really Mm -hmm. warms my heart for sure Yes, you are always in my head because I was literally thinking that watching this episode, like, because Ralph Angel, nice to look at, but he was getting on my nerves <laughs> that first season. Yeah. So I was just like, like, come on, grow up. Like, what are you doing? And like you said, like, this is a completely different person right now. Like, he's responsible. He's um, forward thinking. He's just, yeah, it, it's wonderful to watch. And I love seeing him and Darla's relationship because they are so well matched like not only romantically but also professionally mm. so that's also really cool to see yes also Darla too her her growth and maturity I mean she's like the new Charlie yeah <laughs> she's she's you know making business deals happen and reviewing people's books <laughs> yeah you know really I feel like she has stepped into that void that Mm -hmm. Charlie has left as far as like really like supporting and helping the community. Yeah. Um, So that that's been really, really fantastic to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a great um, representation. I think that's the word I want. (laughs) Like (laughs) just showing like if you give someone a chance like you never know what they could do yeah you know with ralph angel's past being incarcerated darla having addiction issues and now they're like fucking flying like they're power they're the uh saint joe's power couple (laughs) (laughs) you really are (laughs) yeah like everybody like their elders are like looking to them for like advice and like to lead yeah yeah so (laughs) So again, we're mentioning a bunch of character names. So Queen Sugar is a show on own about a family in St. Josephine's Parish, St. Joe for short, in Louisiana. Uh, the Their last name is Bordelone. And it starts with their dad, who's played by Glenn Turman, aka Colonel Taylor from Different World. And we kind of get to meet their family. They're in a bit of turmoil in the first season. Uh, Ralph Angel, as I mentioned, was incarcerated for a time. Ralph Angel is the baby of the the family. Nova is his older sister. They have a half-sister, Charlie, who grew up in LA, and she's married to this uh, famous basketball player named Davis West. And first season, maybe first episode, it comes out that he has been having an affair. It's a very salacious incident. She finds out while at a basketball game and confronts him on the court, which is what prompted her to move back. Well, not move back home, but move to where her father lives in St. Joe's, Louisiana with her son, Micah. 
so along with Charlie, Ralph Angel, Nova, the other main characters are Aunt Violet, their father's sister, and her husband, Hollywood. Oh, did they get married? Did I miss that? They got married in like season three. Oh. <laughs> Vaguely remember that. <laughs> wow. So this season, Charlie is actually not in the show because she um, is running for, I believe, she's running for Congress, I believe. So, but we're still seeing Micah. He's now, you know, grown up. I think he's like 21, 22. He's, you know, living on his own and he's gotten really into photography. So um, he is taking a class with this like renowned photographer named Rahad and Rahad was talking about NFTs and like you know making money from them and etc so he gives Micah the name of the guy he works with but he's like FYI you know this guy can be a little slippery so be careful Mm -hmm. so Micah starts working with them a couple episodes ago he sells something it does well then the rest of his stuff isn't selling so it's it's really weird like it's a really like trendy office and like he goes in tries to dap people up and they like ice them out which I thought was really weird like we're homies two days ago and now like you won't even say hi right it reminds me of like I don't know like TMZ or like um, yeah those like influencer houses I, I don't know something yes. just a vibe I just don't understand same same and <laughs> just like I don't understand NFTs <laughs> same <laughs> this whole episode I was like what why why <laughs> why NFTs how would you say your regular art <laughs> to right. the real world right so yeah because I like Okay, so we're going to get there. So anyways, there is a gift of Charlie, as I mentioned, when she finds out that Davis has cheated on her, she's at a basketball game, she runs onto the court and she yells at him, what did you do? And it got turned into a gift. And um, the NFT guy tells Micah, hey, like, this is what would sell. Like, this is your mom, Like, you should use this. Like, this would bring in bank. And Micah's like, absolutely not. I can't do that to my mom. So after a few drinks, after getting iced out by the cool NFT bros, he, <laughs> he, he uploads it. And then he, you know, I guess goes to sleep, wakes up, sees it has a bunch of bids, immediately regrets it, tries to delete it, can't delete it. So he's panicked about that. I was say, did he? I don't think he felt bad about it until he talked to Nova, I thought. No, because remember, um, Nova called him and she was like, you're supposed to be here an hour ago. Mm -hmm. And before she called him, he was trying to delete it and it said, can't delete. Mm. Yeah. So I mentioned Nova. He's heading to her house because Nova is doing like a little get together dinner whatever for the family and she is doing this because she wrote a book that became I believe a bestseller a couple years prior called blessings and blood and in the book she told a lot of family secrets and her family did not know she was doing this she put a lot of shit on blast and her family was very upset with her for a long time Mm -hmm. and you know they were finally able to heal and move past it and it apparently also helped get some things out in the open, which helped the family heal from, you know, these old or these past traumas and secrets. But now uh, they want to make her book into a movie. 
so now like everything you know everything's going well again now she has to bring this damn book back up to her family (laughs) (laughs) and she's hoping they're not gonna curse her out so you know she's trying to make things nice she got her she got her wine she got the beer like you know everybody make yourself at home so as I mentioned Micah was going over to Nova's house to help her with a family dinner she was planning so you know they're chatting beforehand and he's talking about his NFT stuff and she asked for him to show her his latest NFT so he's kind of like uh yeah okay all right thinking you know Nova's Nova's kind of open-minded she's kind of eccentric so she'll she'll get this and he says something about you know this is I don't know, taking the power back campaign or some bullshit. So he shows her the NFT of Charlie, his mother, her sister. And she asks him, has your mother seen this? He says, no. And she says, take that down. It's not your moment to sell. And then Micah says, I was there too. Which, true, he was. He was in the stands, but that's not your pain. Like, you're not in the image. Right. You also didn't take the video. So is it really your art in quotations to even sell? Yeah, exactly. He says, because Nova did a book called Blessings and Blood, which we'll get into in a moment, but it told a lot of family secrets. So he was basically like, well, you did the same thing with the book. And she was like, it's not the same. And like also mentioned, which I completely forgot about, Charlie's in the middle of her campaign, her political campaign. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She doubly does not need this. So I was like so thrown off by Micah doing this because like the entire series, Micah has been a really mature, really smart kid. And this just seemed like so out of character. I'm like, is this like ego taking over? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, like... I feel like this whole NFT thing doesn't quite make sense for Micah. Yeah. Mainly because Micah grew up wealthy. <laughs> Micah grew up around fame and notoriety. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. So it's like, why is he so drawn to, I guess, acquiring some type of fame and recognition via NFTs and specifically through this company? It just, it doesn't make sense. Like, why are you trying to monetize your family's pain and suffering? Especially after you saw, like, he tried to, he told Nova about it because he thought she was going to be an ally. He thought, you know, this was somebody who's going to understand it because she did the same thing and I supported her when she wanted to write her book. Mm -hmm. And he got the opposite because... One, this is a new Nova. She's not the same Nova who wrote that book True. back then. And Nova wrote that book. It might have been other people's stories, but she wrote the book. He didn't take this video. So it's not yeah. it's not really his art that he is putting out there or, or really even reclaiming a moment that was so bad. Like I don't I don't understand how you reclaimed it other than you monetized it. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's a great point because he did not take the video nor is he in the video no like not yeah. at all and you didn't you didn't like add a witty caption like I just I don't understand NFTs so I just don't even understand who would want to buy this <laughs> I'm like these gifts are free on the internet like <laughs> who pays for this I don't I do not understand it <laughs> but it just seems like 
him having watched what the family and Nova went through, why would he do this exact same thing, knowing the harm that something like this can cause, especially to his mother, who he like, you know, loves dearly. He's reconciled with his father. Like, why wouldn't you talk to them before you did this? Yeah. And the other thing, I know you didn't watch last season, but you know, do you know his parents are back together? I did. I okay. did know that. So yeah, so it's also like, you know, they've like rekindled their romance and now like you're bringing this back up into something that, you know, a, a relationship that or re-relationship that's pretty new for both of them. So it's like, it, it's just, it's a bad look like all around. Yeah, not to mention like, I know it's happening and, you know, off screen and in the background, but your mother is on the campaign trail. Like, yeah, you wouldn't, I just don't think this would... I feel like one, he's probably not that far removed from his mother's campaign. And I feel like that would be at the forefront of your brain. Like this is happening. I don't know. It's just very selfish. Micah's not usually this selfish. Yeah. That's that one was so confusing because this is it feels completely out of his character, what we've seen since he was like 15 or 16 or whatever. But yeah like what you were saying about like you know he grew up in LA like what's the appeal of this like I could see if it was like you know people wanting his photography because he it seems like he's trying to make that his career path so the first NFT sold that did really well it was his picture so I could see how it's like oh yeah I want more of that I want to be acknowledged for my work but I just I don't get what you get off of this like this isn't this isn't your work like I don't know. I would I would want to be known for my shit, not a gif I pulled off of Twitter. Right. <laughs> it's like this is I mean, I know art is a commodity, but it's also, you know, art. There's a creative like aspect yeah. involved in it. Where's the creativity in this? <laughs> I just it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Like it it really doesn't, especially that scene where they're on like the the private jet and I don't know why Micah seems to like maybe look up to this dude who like runs this company or He's wants to be a in jerk. His... Right. But you see how he was like losing his mind over being on a private jet. And Micah's yeah. like, you know, I, I do this all the time. It's like this, this <laughs> right. is the caliber of people that you're dealing with. People that are yeah. trying to get to where you and your family already are. Mm. <laughs> why are you kind of bringing yourself Damn. to their level? Yeah. Damn. That's a great point. Don't make sense. It truly doesn't. Like your mother is on the campaign trail. You could be her photographer. You could be working. Like you could use your parents' influence to like do your own gallery show. Like the the NFT game just does it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like someone of his like means. Yeah. One hundred percent. So I think kind of the big theme of this show, or sorry, this episode is kind of things from the past coming back to haunt us or coming back to bite us in the ass so the first thing we've mentioned already is you know charlie's heartbreak and davis ruining their marriage so this is now circulating back into their circulating (laughs) this is now coming back into their life recirculating (laughs) very re is that i don't know y'all know what i'm trying to say (laughs) coming back full circle (laughs) So as I mentioned, Nova put out a book called Blessings and Blood uh, a couple of years prior to this. 
and ended up being a bestseller. And it's all about, it's a nonfiction book all about her family. And it told a lot of secrets and it caused a lot of pain for her family. And most of her family did not talk to her for a minute. And it definitely made me look at her sideways. I probably, honestly, I don't think I, I've never looked at Nova the same. Yeah. That was some shady. Trifling. It was yes. trifling. Yeah. But unfortunately, I feel like the person who got it the worst in her book was Darla, mm-hmm. who is her sister-in-law, Ralph Angel's wife, because she, um, so Ralph Angel and Darla have a son named Blue and and now they have a baby daughter named true but when this oh, book came true out and blue oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> very adorable <laughs> um but when this book came out they just had blue and so nova put in her book about the true paternity of blue's father not being ralph angel and also it, it wasn't that <gasps> had- when she put that in the book damn i forgot that yeah that's, that's why everybody was so mad <laughs> damn damn Nova <laughs> yeah to me that that was really like the shadiest part so Darla did not cheat on Ralph Angel um as I mentioned she had some drug addiction drug addiction issues and she was actually unconscious and um, one of her college classmates raped her and that is how she became pregnant with Blue so it seems like, you know, things kind of got resolved. Well, I don't even say things got resolved. It just kind of like died down. But I always kind of thought like, I don't know. I didn't feel like Darla really got her moment with Nova to, you know, talk mm-hmm. that out. Like it just kind of, you know, everybody just kind of moved on. But last episode, Darla goes to visit Blue, um, her son who is staying for parents in Washington, D.C., He's going to a private school because he's like really academically gifted. And while she's at um, in a restaurant with him, one of her old college classmates comes up and she's like, wow, he looks just like Chase. What, and, what, what, who would say that? Honestly, right. who would say that? <laughs> right. I feel like that was a little unrealistic. Like, I don't think anybody's like that messy. Right. And thinking about their uh, college friend from 20 years ago oh he looks like come on (laughs) right unless you're like dating chase like why are you even i don't think that would cross my mind like y'all been out of school for over a decade right so she says um or the old college i won't say friend but the old college classmate is basically like you know oh i remember you know you and chase had a moment and darla quickly stops her and she's like we did not have a moment i was unconscious and then, you know, just kind of like shuts it down. But I kind of thought like we weren't really going to talk about it anymore. Yeah. You know, what happened uh, since the season was coming to an end. But it makes sense that it would come back up in this um, in this way. Because Nova has been asked to make Blessings and Blood into a movie. So this is why she's asking her family to come over. This is why Micah went over to help her get ready for the dinner because she's very nervous about asking for her family's blessing to make their story into a movie. As I mentioned, that happened to Darla when she was in DC. And then this episode, the timing is very crazy. (laughs) it, It could not have been worse. They get to Nova's house. Everyone's just about to sit down um Darla gets a call she's probably like oh it's a 202 number 
I think it might be my son's school. Let me step outside. Steps outside. It is the guy Chase calling her. And he's like, you know, I'm running for office right now. Like, you, you ain't gonna ruin this for me. I'm a family man, et cetera, et cetera. And it makes, you know, understandably, it makes Darla, you know, feel kind of frozen. And she's just like, do not call this number again. So when she hangs up with him, she goes back inside and she's just feeling very out of it. And you know, she's kind of having like an out-of-body experience because she probably never expected to hear his voice again. <sighs> then Nova tells her family, hey, they want to- well, Before that, before that, can we talk about the nerve of this nigga? Yeah, we sure can. <laughs> we absolutely can. The nerve to seek out her phone number and basically threaten her while you are running for office. Yeah. Just doesn't seem like a good look doesn't seem like a good look right Um, like if she hasn't said anything now I mean she says something I think the classmate's name was Jordan and also I'm like is like is Jordan up your ass like why did she run back and tell you immediately are y'all cousins work together right (laughs) like she was like oh I can't wait to tell Chase what Darla said like but yeah like if Darla has not said anything publicly why would you push this now well, I guess, so I didn't realize they, um, I guess, questioned his return. I didn't realize they, Nova blasted that Ralph Angel was not Blue's father. Uh, yeah. So I could see how that maybe plus an allegation from someone that knows them could implicate him. But it's like, you've admitted, <laughs> like you're, you've, you're threatening her, which seems like wouldn't you call one of your people get one of your people to do this and not you directly this seems like this would be much more blowback on you yeah and it's like yeah she's not going around telling people about this why do you think threatening her is the way to go other than this just shows that you are like an abuser like someone who thrives off of like power and domination of people yeah that's that's a really really good point so as soon as she gets off that call with that terrible ass man she you know sits down with the family and nova starts telling them about the movie proposal and you know the family's you know a bit stunned i get i feel like i feel like the family probably just does not talk about the book that's the vibe i get Mm. like they just shoved it under the rug and so then that's when uh, Violet says, you know, it, it caused a lot of pain, but it also helped us to heal. And then Nova tells her, well, guess who wants to play you? <laughs> Oprah. And then when she says that, the family's like, oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to play me? Right. <laughs> Hollywood said Lakeith Stanford should play um, Ralph Angel. <laughs> I was like, that, that's so spot on for how like, black people of a certain age will mess up a name (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so everyone is you know kind of laughing and then oh the other thing Nova shows them how much money that they are going to pay her which apparently is a very hefty sum and she says she wants to split it evenly with the family so everybody's like wow like we could do a lot with this Ralph Angel's like I could buy a house with this and then Darla's quietly saying no. 
and then she starts getting louder and she's like I said no and then she like storms out and screams I said no and so then Violet's like Nova like you need to go after her I think you know because this is your doing like you know why she's upset like right so you know Nova goes after her and I'm I'm glad they had this moment because like I said I don't feel like they had really had a chance to I don't feel like Darla really had a chance to express how angry and how hurtful she was and I had actually forgot this but that book coming out and because I remember what what really caused the biggest issue was that a kid at school asked Blue about he was like that's not really your dad Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. as I mentioned Darla is a recovering addict so that book and that kid asking her son about who his actual dad was or his biological dad was caused Darla to have a relapse yeah like Nova could have really really fucked up Darla's life and to me like I kind of feel like Nova got forgiven too quickly yeah yeah well I guess they were pretty I I was gonna say her and Ralph Angel didn't speak for what felt like a whole season I feel like people were sufficiently mad at her but I was surprised that Ralph Angel, when she talked about the movie and he also got excited, I was like, wait, he knew how much this affected his wife. Why is he getting all excited? Mm. <laughs> That's true. Because well, he, think- he was mad. He was mad at Nova for a very long time off he of that was. book. And I do think, you know, I mean, I, I obviously they know like generally what was in it, but I'm pretty sure he said, I'm never going to read it. Yeah, but he, he knows what it did to yeah. Darla. Yes, very true, very true. That's a good point. But I, I thought that felt off to me. Yeah. But I, I will say, this is a new Nova. The old Nova wouldn't have asked permission. <laughs> sure would have. <laughs> <laughs> and she, see, I felt like this was the first time she actually heard Darla. Mm, yes. Darla was like, I mean, I, you think I want to see people dressed up in costumes, like reenacting my assault scenes? <laughs> right. Reenacting, you know, Hollywood picking me up off the ground and like finding me in blue when, you know, she was at her lowest point. Right, right. She's like, you know, this is, this is damaging to me personally and also to my children. Yes. No, <laughs> no. Why won't the past stay in the past? yeah and like you've already like it's already affected blue and so now like you want to make a movie so like i i think uh darla said something like so people can re rewind and stream mm-hmm. it and now it's going to affect my daughter too mm-hmm. so like you said it, it is a new nova because i feel like the old nova like <laughs> the family wouldn't have known until the movie came, <laughs> like they saw a trailer for the movie right they probably wouldn't even been invited to the premiere <laughs> <laughs> but so you know like you said I feel like Nova truly hears Darla and she ends up kind of consoling her and also side note Bianca Lawson acted her ass off in that scene oh she did her thing I actually felt I also felt the the scene with her and Nova maybe it resolved itself a little too quickly because it was like Mm, she mm -hmm. was blowing she was blowing up and then I don't know she like allowed herself to be consoled by the person well I guess technically 
I don't think Darla's reaction would have been so forceful if she hadn't got that phone call. Same. Yeah. I think it was like a, you know, perfect storm of things. So maybe that's why she like calmed down and allowed herself to be consoled by Nova because that's not the full focus of her anger. Right. But it, yeah, it just seemed like she did kind of let her off the hook a little bit. But I mean, it's also hard to be mad at someone when they're like acknowledging your feelings, they're listening to you, and they're <laughs> they're actually like honoring your wishes. Like Nova's like, yeah. I'm not going to do this if you yeah. don't feel comfortable. Yeah, that's, I mean, as, as I said, like the timing was so crazy. They were like having, and you know, just going over to Nova's house having no idea that's what she wanted to bring up right and then just having that phone call like I I can only imagine like god what Darla would have been feeling so Nova you know she said if anybody says no I'm not gonna do it so she has a FaceTime with her I think it's her agent and she tells her that it's a no on the movie because one person said no and the agent is like, well, you know, we can cut characters out. Anybody who doesn't want to be in the movie, it's no problem. And Nova's like, well, you know, all these stories kind of like, you know, intertwine. And the agent's like, you know, let the screenwriters work their magic. Like, you don't need to worry about that. I wanted to ask you, like, what you thought about that option. Because I, it, if I was given the, if I was Nova and I still wanted to move forward with it, I definitely would have asked Darla first one-on-one not in front of the whole family but I think I would feel guilty for even mentioning the book to her ever again so I what would you do with that option if I were Nova yes I don't I don't know because I'm you know me and Nova have different mindsets um yes I hope so (laughs) I think it gives her I think it gives her a way to like make the project happen without offending the like main person who didn't want to be a part of it. But then it's like, do you create even more issues by featuring everybody but her? Does she still get a cut of the money? Like, oh, I don't, I'm sure she would still get money. I feel like it. I don't know. And then can the story be told without this person? I, yeah I mean well you know what and I didn't think about that because I'm like you know like you don't have to include that part of Darla's story like just show her as Ralph Angel's girlfriend and then wife I was gonna say you didn't have to include any of it but you did right so I feel like it maybe this is like um you know I feel like this new Nova she's a faithful girlfriend she is a mindful sister and partner I feel like this is almost like the devil on her shoulder like maybe Mm. trying to bring her back to the the dark selfish side or you know money over everything (laughs) cash rolls everything around (laughs) cream (laughs) um so yeah I I don't, I don't know what choice I would make. Yeah. But given the fallout from the book, I feel like I would walk away. Yeah. Or definitely have it, at least have the conversation one-on-one with mm-hmm. Darla. Like, how yeah. would you feel if we just eliminated you 
and get her take on that. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So at the uh, or toward the end of the show, things are. I mean, I can't say things are going better, but you know, I feel like Darla's kind of trying to push it out of her mind. Her and Angel move into a new place, and then she gets a call from Chase again. Oh, and, I missed the second call. Oh, yeah, it was like at the end. Did you see when they moved into the new apartment? Uh huh. Yeah, she gets a call and she walks outside because Ralph Angel had went to um go tend to True. She started crying. Oh no! What did he want? calling about the same thing and he's like oh because he says i picked up a copy of this blessings and blood oh yeah yeah. and he's like it's full of lies and i'm not about to be taken down by a little crackhead slut or something like that yeah he literally said crackhead slut and and this is when you need to bring in the big guns darla call charlie I don't I don't I don't even understand why you're you're entertaining this. The man is running for office. I mean the scandal is right there. Yeah. <laughs> you could easily dead this man. Yeah. Or you could have Charlie and her people dead him. I just, you know, and I, I get what you're saying. I just feel like it's so painful for Darla. Like she just doesn't want to acknowledge it at all. Like she just wants to completely put it behind her, you know? Yeah yeah but yeah i have a i feel like he is going to show up before the season's over i mean the way like he keeps better hit record the minute he does oh darla yes i was like me what um yeah i mean i you know i'm sure hopefully ralph angel will be there and you know maybe that'll be some kind of confrontation but I just, I feel like this is, he's like another Jimmy Dale, who was uh, Aunt Violet's first husband, who was abusive to her, and then we found out later, had tried to assault uh, Nova's best friend, Billy. I thought he did assault her. I think he tried to. Oh. Or, you know, I, I, well, I should say. I think he like lied on her, right? He lied on her, but I, so I, it's, it's a little unclear to me. I think maybe he was trying to rape her, but he, um, you know, probably like groped her, assaulted her in that way. But I think he was trying to do more. And then he lied on her. So everybody thought she was hitting on um, Violet's husband as a teenager. And she kind of got like shunned and ostracized by the community. But yeah, like um, I, you know, Jimmy Dale came back a couple seasons ago, still just as terrible as he was. So I feel like this Chase guy is, you know, going to be Jimmy Dale part two. I was going to say, that would be foolish. I was going to say, unless he's running as a Republican for whatever office (laughs) he's running for, because I mean, they love a scandal. (laughs) The more scandals, the better. (laughs) (laughs) Makes you more electable. Right. Yeah, they always find a way to uh, excuse very terrible things. Mm-hmm. So the most heartwarming part of this episode has been uh, by in Hollywood taking in um, two young boys, Joaquin and his little brother, Dante. So Joaquin works at Violet's restaurant and um, his dad was detained by ICE. So they were staying with their mom 
and then their mom went missing but you know we we don't know this but we see like in previous episodes Vi is like you know how's your mom and Joaquin's just kind of like uh she's good and and doesn't really say more than that so last episode so we don't know where the mom is yeah we do oh so so last episode a social worker comes to Vi's restaurant and she asks about Joaquin and says um he hasn't been in school for you know several days or weeks or whatever and uh Viola's like well he's not here right now but you know I'll definitely let you know if I see him so when Joaquin comes in she's like can you tell me what's going on he tells her that his mom basically told him his little brother if I ever don't make it home that means I've been detained by ICE Mm. so Violet ends up taking them in and she's like both of the parents are in ICE so so the dad is detained in ICE and we see um Violet talking to him on um video chat this episode and he gets to talk to the boys but Joaquin tells her that his mom ended up calling him and she ended up getting deported back to Mexico. Oh. So she's trying to make it back to Louisiana, but she's currently in Mexico. So, you know, Vi is like, you know, it's no question you guys are coming to stay with me. And, you know, her and Hollywood are all in. Hollywood's like, we talked about fostering anyway. So, um, you know, absolutely let's do it. And they made a promise to joaquin and dante's father ignacio that they would you know take care of them because ignacio was telling them there's so many people here who you know their children have been taken by cps they've been separated they can't find them so he's like please like just don't let my boys get lost in the system so everything's going really well vi has really taken to joaquin joaquin's like a little culinary genius and Dante really takes or Dante and Hollywood take to each other I should say Mm -hmm. and um so they're about to have dinner and the social worker lady comes back so she basically tells them we did a background check on everyone living here and uh Ralph Angel and Darla live with Violet Hollywood and as I mentioned Ralph Angel um was previously incarcerated so the social worker's like you can't have anyone here who is an ex-felon and so they're like but you know Ralph has changed his life around he leads this co-op you know like is there nothing you could do like they're safe here they're protected and the social worker's like I'm really sorry like I know life isn't black and white but unfortunately the law is there's nothing I can do and so Ralph Angel's like well what if I what if I leave and the social worker is like I can hold off paperwork until Monday, but you have to be out by Monday. So then that starts, you know, Ralph Angel on the search for an apartment. And we hear him telling Hollywood he had gotten turned down for six apartments simply because of his record. And again, that theme of your past coming back to haunt you, you know, this is something he's paid his time for and he's turned his life around and he still can't even get a place to stay. So later that night, Vi is talking to Hollywood and, you know, they're just kind of like, what are we going to do? Like, we can't lose these boys. Like, you know, we made a promise to Ignacio. Like, we, you know, we really want to take care of them. And we see Joaquin is like listening, like outside of their window. And Vi says something about, well, I feel so bad, you know, of everything that Darla's going through and, you know, they have the baby 
like you know we can't put them out their family and then so Joaquin hears that and leaves but then of course as soon as he leaves Violet says but now the boys are family too so I don't know what to do and so then Hollywood comes up with the idea like what if I find an apartment for Ralph Angel and Darla and then um, you know put in my name and we can keep the boys and they're like great perfect plan but like I, like I said, Joaquin did not hear that in part. So the next day he is packing up his stuff and he's telling Dante to get his stuff together. And Dante's like, you know, I don't want to go. And I should say Joaquin's probably like 16 and Dante's probably like 11 or so. And Dante's like, you know, I don't want to go. And Joaquin's like, we can't be separated. You know, we have to go. So they're trying to leave. It's like midday, like some like bright ass <laughs> afternoon. And so Hollywood's sitting outside their room. And as they try to sneak out, he's like, if y'all are trying to plan a great escape, y'all need to do this in the middle of the night. So um, he's like, where, where the hell are y'all going? And, you know, Joaquin tells him like, we have to go so we won't be separated. He's like, you know, we can't stay here because of Ralph Angel. And Hollywood's like, that's been taken care of. Ralph Angel has a new place already. Like, Dante, go put your stuff down. And this was, you know how I feel about Hollywood. Hollywood <laughs> is, to me, the perfect man. Like, he's just the best fucking person ever. And so, and you know, it made me tear up. So, and it's just it you know, was a sweet moment it, it was, was again male emotion it was so sweet <laughs> and you know Joaquin has been you know he's a, he's a little kid like he's a teenager and he's taken on so much responsibility trying to you know work <laughs> to have money to take care of his brother and then just physically you know trying to make sure they don't get separated he's had so much pressure on him and I think in that moment like Hollywood just kind of like shows him like you know you can let it go I got I got you and um or Hollywood says you know anything you need just let me know and then he hugs him and it's oh my god like I can't but but before that he says when I make a promise I don't break it yes yes so yeah it's like it, it, it was so such a beautiful moment like you know finally giving these kids you know some kind of stability obviously it's still hard because their parents aren't there but at least they know they can be together and they're able to stay in communication with their parents because you know by and hollywood are in contact at least with their dad yeah i think um i think that shows how much one aunt vi has let ralph angel mature like aunt vi from Mm. season one would have been like you know sorry joaquin and dante but you gotta go (laughs) you know you think so yeah the way she used to baby ralph angel yes (laughs) yes that's true because even hollywood was like he's grown he can leave (laughs) like we're gonna keep these kids he can go i feel like aunt vi of season one would have fought for ralph Mm. angel to stay damn so vi is mature too I think everybody has yeah. like changed and evolved for the better. For the better well, for sure. Except for Hollywood. He's always been perfect. He has. He has. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's always been the solutions man. He yes. came up with the idea to get the apartment for Ralph Angel and for him to leave. So you're right. He he has been unwavering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and flawless. Right. <laughs> uh, but 
I wonder because Vi had mentioned about him getting attached because you know he really wanted to be a father and this is kind of his way of making that happen yeah but I'm just worried about like when their parents you know eventually come for them yeah what's gonna happen and is he gonna be devastated I think I think it'll be hard for him but I feel like they're old enough where you know they'll still have a relationship with Hollywood I'm sure he'll be sad but you know I don't think it'll be the same as like raising them from like you know they're two or three and you know right but yeah the the bond with him and Dante is so cute like even when like the social worker came in Dante got scared and immediately like ran to hug Hollywood like please don't let her take me so they're like yeah they're very close yeah man and you gotta think you know all that those kids have been through like they're yeah they're looking for stability or at least you know somebody to help them out yeah so it's it's good that they're doing it yeah such a loving home um i was gonna say i think the only time like even the one time like hollywood did something wrong he was still like trying to do good do you remember when he vi found out he was still legally married oh yeah because he was like taking care of his wife <laughs> yeah, was, like, was she sick or mentally ill yeah i think she was uh had some um mental health issues and so his first wife was played by erica alexander aka maxine shaw <laughs> and um <Ernie> at law <laughs> yes um and so he was still married to her only so she could keep using his insurance Ooh. and i was like i mean of if, if this is a lie like i'll take it like, <laughs> like come on like yeah. this man is an angel <laughs> <laughs> but anyways it seems like thing i you know i guess we'll find out next episode but it seems like things are going to work out for Vi and Hollywood to keep taking care of Joaquin and Dante since Ralph Angel and Darla have now moved out and the last thing I have to say about the show is so you know Ralph Angel and Darla moved into their new home and Ralph Angel says something like oh but now there's like nobody here to interrupt us or whatever and he kisses her Uh they kiss each other um that kiss didn't really feel like acting to me. Oh. <laughs> that felt did you did you see it? Uh I I don't it didn't register as anything special, no. Well, they like um at one point in the kiss, he like kind of like licked her like mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what did y'all can see Cam's face there together? so i'm one okay so they did a digital magazine cover i'm maybe it was essence i can't remember but like they were you know posing for the magazine and they like kissed and so everybody in the comments was like um y'all are looking real coupley like what's what's going on so i i I don't know because i'm like why would you kiss for a photo shoot Y'all ain't in character here. Maybe there were. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be mad at it. Like, uh, oh, Miss no, Lawson, do, 
do your thing okay okay, <laughs> okay. fine specimen of black man and she is literally like hollywood and entertainment royalty you know she yeah. is and she's gorgeous. both sides yeah. yeah she's gorgeous i mean i mean they look good together like i would, would not be it. mad at it at all yeah so yeah i don't know maybe uh so let me look at his Instagram real quick, see if he got anything. I thought he was like him and like some African or dark skinned model. Are they not together oh, God. anymore? You, you're talking about uh Ducky Ducky. Thought? Yeah. They broke up forever ago. No. Mm, okay. I'm looking oh. Oh, it's for Ebony. <laughs> see. Can you see this? Yeah. Ooh, she got the leg out too. But that's not. Oh, here it go. No, that that looks like a couple to me. Oh, oh, he kissed the titty. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's sensual. Okay. Well, I guess the title is "Turn Up the Heat." So, I mean, they are actors. They are actors. So I don't know. If there's any acting that good. <laughs> 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 Anyways, if they are together, I I'd love to see it. Oh yeah, that would be that would be cute. Yeah. But anyways, that is it for me on Queen Sugar. Do you have anything else? Um, what do you think's gonna happen with Darla and this Chris dude? Like, do you think Chase or Chase? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I called him Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his name isn't important, but. I just want, like, is she going to confront him? Is she, I mean, this has to be a moment for Darla to regain some power and agency and, like, conquer her past. So I feel like ultimately it's going to be a triumph for Darla. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm just curious how, you know. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. I But I do feel like, I don't I feel like he's, we're going to see him at some point. Um, I don't know if he's going to come to St. Joe or if she's going to go back to D.C. to visit Blue, but I don't know. I feel like maybe it'll be a thing of like where Ralph Angel tries to, you know, step to him and she's like, no, I got it because it's a moment she needs to have for herself. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, I don't know. Maybe she'll find a way to, you know, take him down and I don't know. Maybe that's how the movie gets made. He threatens her. And she's like, you know what? Make the fucking movie and name names. (laughs) (laughs) She says it just like that. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not. But that's, yeah. Or, yeah, you know, going public with her story or something. But I don't know. I can't see her doing that because I don't think she would want that attention. No. She's very much wants to put the past in the past. But yeah, I don't know. She's, she's, I feel like she's going to do something to confront him or take him down somehow. I hope she does. Here's to hoping. Yeah. Well, Cam, what do you have your eyes on? Not too much. I feel like I've been kind of busy lately. I haven't really had time to watch anything. Oh, excuse me. Look at you trying to have a life. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, or just lacking work-life balance. Um, 
but I watched the movie Black Phone. It's like a with Ethan yeah. Hawke. That his mask or whatever looks really weird. I hate it every time it pops up on Peacock. Yes, and he actually wears multiple masks in the oh. film, and they're all pretty disturbing. Hmm. Um, interesting film, sort of. It kind of reminded me of like a, I don't know, a toss up of like Room and oh gosh what's that movie about like the people that try to rob that like uh i don't know if he's like blind i think he's blind like some blind old man maybe it's called green room actually <laughs> I don't, the only movie i know like that is wait until dark and that's maybe that's it I well that's know. it's an audrey hepburn film where she plays no. a blind woman <laughs> and they try to rob her no <laughs> no similar premise though but it's a man <laughs> but what I found uncanny, the actor, so the movie is about like this, um, I don't know if it's actually based on true stories, oh, but I think God, it's- I hope not. Well, so like the beginning of the film, they have like a bunch of news clippings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's either based in like Chicago or Detroit, some like kind of, you know, kind of blue collar um, city um so yeah the story is about like kids that get abducted in this town and it's like a lot of them and the main character is like this young boy who looks exactly like ethan hawk oh wow i thought it was his son (laughs) i had to like go google i was like this child looks exactly like him and like the resemblance has nothing to do with the film there's no like they're not related at all I was like, why would they pick someone that looks just like Right, him? right. I literally thought he was like on set with his child. And that's why this kid got the role. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, he's a good little actor. And it's, they are not related, but he looks like he could be like <laughs> Ethan Hawke's love child. <laughs> <laughs> um, but decent, decent film, decent film. His little sister is not clairvoyant, but she's, um, she like has very, her dreams. She has very vivid dreams that often are kind of like, uh, oh, like premonitions. Yes. Yes. Okay. She sees things in her dreams and she ultimately is how her brother gets abducted by Ethan Hawke's character and she helps the police find him through her dreams so the sister is like kind of this young she's younger she's the younger sister but she's like a she's a badass i will say (laughs) she is like a badass there's like one scene where her brother's getting bullied and she like helps i think like sis grabs a rock to like oh wow beat somebody's head in and she gets her (laughs) shit rocked by an older kid but like she was in the fight okay she was in there get her licks in uh she was no pussy um (laughs) (laughs) i should not say this about children like an (laughs) eight-year-old she was like 13 okay still but she was my favorite character in the movie because she was just very like uh dogged like she would not let things go and Mm. because of her perseverance that is how they solved all this and saved her brother um but i would recommend is that that a spoiler Mm, 
Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hope you. There's still there's still plenty. I didn't give away like, I mean, you know, obviously we know probably the child in this film survives. Right. I don't tell you how. Um. (laughs) Thanks. I didn't give away major plot point, but (laughs) Mister is the one to watch in the movie. It's a good movie. I would recommend it. Um, Mm. it's not like scary. It's more like you know psychological thriller oh okay i love a psychological thriller it's not i mean that you might get scared but it's not scary (laughs) calling me a pussy (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's like you know there's a couple of jump scares oh i might get you okay yeah but like they're not one of them got me but it wasn't scary it was just like surprising like i literally just didn't expect it and i yeah. saw it i was like oh but it wasn't scary you know see that kind of stuff like it doesn't scare me but it i have bad nerves so it's like <laughs> i feel like my heart is like palpitating and i don't like that feeling you'll probably be doing that most of the movie then oh yeah. if it's nerves maybe yeah, i don't need to watch that um yeah black phone i would recommend it um this has apparently been around for a while but i just discovered it today have you like been on netflix on like your phone or ipad or recently within the last year on my phone have you seen like the tab for fast laughs Mm -mm. so there (laughs) if you go on the netflix app on your phone since 2021 this has been around is like a little tab or you know down at the bottom one of those icons that you can click on and it's basically like tiktok where they show like little clips of you know films and shows in netflix in order to get you to watch (laughs) i mean it's kind of no different than like you know when you hover over something a preview will play yeah but they made it kind of look like social media tiktok instagram type deal i'm looking at it now look at it right now it's the first one that came up is uh the guy who plays mr bean it's like he's in some movie called man versus b <laughs> so this is this is oh this is cool okay it was designed for folks like you i guess but essentially it's <laughs> it's you know to get because time spent on an app equals like more engagement mm. they were seeing you know the tiktoks and instagrams of the world they want people to be on the app longer so they created kind of this feed to you know entice people to stay on the app longer and actually you know start to watch some of the stuff well apparently they're bringing it to the tv version as well Mm. um so you can i think it's like an opt-in type thing it's not like automatic oh i i saw it today and i was kind of surprised like what i i just don't need I don't need everything to be like social media, you know? I mean, I agree. I think the only reason why I'm like, okay, I don't hate this idea is like, if you open up a streaming service and you don't know what you want to watch, it feels a little overwhelming to like try to pick something. But Netflix already had, they already have that. Or at least the TV version, you know, you can just like play random or surprise me. 
Yeah, I don't know. I've never done that because it's like I do want to have some control <laughs> over like what like I at least want to know what's gonna play. Like give me some suggestions, but like don't just throw on like you know, some like I don't know, soap opera from Belarus that like I don't wanna <laughs> I might not be in the mood for that. Yeah, I thought that it was a new discovery to me and I was just like what is this why are we doing this and then upon further research finding out it's going to be a permanent staple Mm. although Netflix claims they are not trying to be a social media site they are just trying to keep you on the app for as long as possible (laughs) I mean that's fair I would be very annoyed if they tried to like make it into a social media network that would be ridiculous yeah I I don't need it yeah um what else am i watching house of dragon the uh game of thrones prequel all caught up on house of dragon um i don't know if it has legs honestly Mm. i really don't i really don't i feel like they gave us so much in the first series that like some of i don't know it just hasn't hooked me it's already what like five or six episodes in and i'm just i'm kind of bored i'm kind of bored oh maybe not bored but i just feel like you can't there's nothing you can surprise me with because they've already done everything in the previous show (laughs) you know like you've killed off everyone you've like shocked me at every turn i just don't know that this show can replicate that Mm. and i would say the problem with this version is there are so many time jumps like from oh. the the first episode to where we are now is probably at least 20 years oh wow and i think there's a time jump between the this episode and the next episode <laughs> so i'm just i'm not super invested in the characters just yet so um, is it like different since they're jumping years do you have like new characters every single episode this past episode was the first time we got older versions of the this is hard because there's three generations right (laughs) so we got we got older versions of the second generation this first episode and i think the next time jump we're gonna get older versions of the third generation okay okay so it just it feels like a lot <laughs> like, it sounds like a lot like the game of thrones series was even though i think it does span probably you know at least a decade it doesn't feel like that like it feels like a much tighter timeline yeah. and this is like it's it's just jumping it's jumping and i just feel like i can't i'm not grounded anywhere yet I'm not mm. grounded anywhere yet and then it's like i'm comparing it to the last show like oh that's a little finger of this version or that's the Daenerys or that's the John of this so this is Joffrey Mm. so I just I don't know I don't know I'm I'm just whelmed I'm not over I'm not (laughs) under I'm just whelmed (laughs) oh my gosh this is making me feel like I'm probably never gonna start it because I keep debating every every time I open up HBO Max it's the first thing that pops up and I'm like should I 
and then I just play like another rerun of like Martin or the new pictures <laughs> of old Christine that I've seen a thousand times I just yeah I don't know I just don't have the energy it just it sounds like a lot and the way you're describing it like I feel um reassured that it is a lot well like Game of Thrones the first season it didn't really get good until like episode five or six you know I think ultimately spoiler when they killed you know the first like main character off that was fucking crazy right yeah there hasn't been like there just hasn't been a hook or like a draw like that to really like bring you in Mm. there's a lot of weird incest (laughs) oh god you know i hate incest it's it's weird how they're glamorizing the incest in this version because um, like what's your what's their names uh cersei and jamie yeah like that was enough like it yeah. sounds like there's more in well i was gonna say Dragon. at least it's i don't know if it's like not as bad because i mean incest is incest right <laughs> but the way because the way you said it, it sounds like it's just running rampant <laughs> like i mean it it's it's an uncle and his niece and oh i, I, I didn't know that but it, it's a little more normalized because i mean we know this is what the targaryens were doing like they were marrying brothers sisters cousins for... oh, is that why everybody was so blonde <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't i don't know no because there's a whole like black sect who are also also blonde okay i saw a picture of a black man in a bleach blonde wig and i was like what's going on <laughs> yeah there's a whole the corn wallaces girl they black wow okay so yeah i would say it's not as good as the first one but i'm hoping i'm hoping it'll give me something there's only about two episodes left so i don't i don't know what it's gonna give <laughs> but i'm hoping <laughs> Um, and then the last thing I saw that uh, Yvonne Orgy has another comedy special on HBO that oh. I think it just came out. It's called A Whole Me. <laughs> when I watch whatever her first stand up, I don't remember what it was called, but sometimes I'll say that to myself like, Me? A Whole Me? <laughs> I really like that. No, <laughs> I, I didn't think her first special was very good i feel like her jokes i had heard them before Mm. so i'm 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 kind of surprised she got a second one (laughs) i am i am i i like molly or i like yvonne in the context of insecure Mm -hmm. i liked her in her movie uh that she did with lil rill and was that john cena that was a funny movie that was good <laughs> what movie little real and john cena <laughs> yeah i think it was called like not couples retreat but they were in like a hulu movie like last year and it was actually pretty funny oh, it was good good to watch that little movie but I, I just don't did you think her first special was funny i feel like i, I thought it was pretty funny like it wasn't like I do remember thinking Amanda Seals's stand up was funnier. Yes. But I feel like I did like Yvonne's. And I feel like hers was like, it wasn't full stand up because she also, like, didn't she like go to Nigeria or something in it? It was like part, like, like, or small part documentary or whatever. You don't remember that? 
there were like i remember there were clips of her like walking around somewhere like that were intertwined with the stand-up i vaguely remember that maybe her family yeah yeah vaguely but i mean i'm hoping i'm hoping these are more original jokes that we get this time i wonder they need to give amanda seals another one that one was funny as hell i agree i I think Amanda is funnier than Yvonne, which is why I'm like, I'm kind of surprised she got a second special. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They could both have specials. Why not? <laughs> you trying to limit specials? <laughs> limit comedy special? <laughs> I'm really struggling with this. Because I don't want to say something negative, but all I have is... <laughs> If you don't have anything it's, nice to say, don't say anything at all. It feels more like um, this person has a relationship with the network, so we're throwing them a bone kind of deal. Mm. You know? I like, see. It, it just... I don't know that her comedy is strong enough to warrant two specials. That's all I'm saying. That's HBO specials at that, which back in the day in HBO hbo special i mean maybe netflix has taken that over now but i feel like an hbo mm. special used to be like a big deal if you yeah that was huge yeah so i feel like someone who i mean i think she went on tour with what chris rock she hasn't headlined her own tour i, I don't know i'm i'm skeptical i'm skeptical i'm gonna check it out but i'm skeptical okay i mean yeah she might surprise you this time i hope she does i hope she does yeah what you got your eyes on so as always i'm watching oh my god new adventures <clears throat> of old christine <laughs> i'm always watching that um, <laughs> literally always that's like my comfort show but no of course i'm watching all of the real housewives that are active at the moment so uh beverly hills is about to start their reunion and i would like to say that lisa renna needs to go Ooh, yeah i am just problematic oh my god just no self-accountability like according to her kathy hilton had a meltdown when the girls were in aspen and she not my girl kathy (laughs) yes your girl kathy (laughs) which allegedly the meltdown stemmed from they went to some private club where kyle is a member and so cameras couldn't go in so we have no footage of this but allegedly kathy wanted to do a conga line nobody wants to do it with her and conga line I'm just like this I the Copacabana. Like, <laughs> but I'm like I could do a conga line for like 30 seconds. Like I, don't, I also I also don't know why that was such a big deal. Like are y'all so fucking cool? You when can't was do the a last con- time you saw a conga line. Oh God, probably elementary school. Exactly. But, <laughs> why, but, Kathy? Why? <laughs> I mean, it is very random. But like we're in Aspen, we're having drinks, we're having fun. Like I don't know. I just feel like everybody like. I don't know, didn't want to take off their cool. So like they they wouldn't do it. I don't I did a conga line for you know 30 to 60 seconds. I, say, I don't even think I know what a conga line really is. Like, don't you gotta have to play kind of like you know, island music? Not I mean, Aspen. I feel like it's just opera ski music. <laughs> I don't think opera ski music is a thing, but 
<laughs> I think you just go like one, two, three, leg, one, two, three, leg, like and leg oh, as in my. kick your That's leg. That's whack. Out. That's whack. I wouldn't want to do it either. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, Kathy. It's I not something. <laughs> it's not something I would have suggested or that would have ever come to my mind. But if I'm out. I'm drunk. I'm having a good time. And my homegirl's like, hey, let's do a kaga line. I'm like, fuck it. Why not? Like, maybe they weren't as drunk as Kathy. Well, maybe, but I don't know. <laughs> um, so, and apparently she also requested the DJ play Billy Jean, and then oh, they did do that. So, kaga <laughs> oh, lines and Billy Jean, girl. It's, it's giving 80s it's this is not 1982 <laughs> <laughs> she's reliving her heyday okay. so yeah so uh, according to lisa renna after that kathy was pissed she'd already been pissed earlier in the day because they didn't want to drink her tequila and so now <laughs> it's, just, it's just boiling up so she wants to go lisa's like i'll go with you and then according to lisa in the sprinter van on the way back uh to their uh to kyle's aspen house kathy just had a meltdown she was talking about everybody and she was like i'll take down everybody and like why do i have to like talk to these people i don't even i don't even like them and lisa was like she said something about every single person which i don't fully believe but anyways lisa said that kathy said the worst stuff about her sister kyle and so believable well yeah and you know they, they, they've had they've had a bit of a you know up and down relationship all them so, sisters all sure them sisters be fighting <laughs> true um oh i also forgot to mention once they got back to the house lisa said that she locked herself in her room because she was so scared about <laughs> scared <laughs> okay i don't think she actually said scared but she was just like kathy was just i didn't know what to do so i locked myself in my room I'm like dramatic. Were you, were you so fucking dramatic? <laughs> like, what what the fuck was Kathy holding on to to you? So, anyways, once they get back to LA, Kathy goes to Kyle's house and she apologizes. And since Lisa has been telling everybody how traumatized she is by what happened, Kyle invited Lisa over too. So Kathy, you know, apologized to her too. And she was just like, you know, I've been going through a lot. And she starts tearing up. She's like, you know, I have a really dear friend who is passing away from cancer. Like she's very ill and it's very hard. And Lisa's basically like, no, like you're not going to get away with that with me. Like you're not going to be able to use that as an excuse. Here's the thing. Lisa's mom passed away <laughs> early in the season. And, you know, not making light of that at all. I can imagine how terrible and how hard that is. But Lisa has been snapping at people left and right. And whenever she calms down, she's like, I'm sorry. I'm just having a hard time losing my mom. So I'm like, so you can snap at people and flip out, you know, like multiple times because you're going, you, you know, you're grieving someone, but Kathy can't do it one time. And you're like, no, I'm going to hold you accountable. Lisa, get the fuck out of here. Like she's so, <laughs> she's so fucking whack. Like I, ugh. I just I can't stand her and then also in Real Housewives world uh I'm watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City which you know recently came back and Real Housewives of Potomac is premiering this weekend so very excited about that Ashley has finally divorced Michael Darby so yeah yes. that, 
that uh the pre wait did she just re-up her prenup like a year or two ago yes which i i was right, saying she like extended it right yeah. to prove that she was yes. still and i was like you didn't you didn't need to do that like you could just left it alone and not said anything about it stupid i, I hope she has like passed the limit of that prenup because girl get your it. money I doubt it, but that may, but that means the show is making more money than Michael Darby. True, yeah, she's her. probably getting paid quite well, but yeah, so they're getting a divorce. But apparently, according to the trailer, she has bought a house with him. So all the other <laughs> Potomac housewives are like, "Hey, you gonna <sighs> divorce somebody and then buy a house with them?" So we'll see what that's giving. Why? And then also, it's rumored that Giselle is dating. Cynthia Bailey, Real Housewife of Atlanta, her ex-husband Peter Thomas. What? what? <laughs> okay, okay. We <laughs> an intervention needs to happen with Giselle because you you are too attractive to be. Not to say that Peter Peter is an attractive man as well, yeah, he but he's he's a trifling. What? Oh, what? Sure. Yes. Which which Real Housewife series was it where Peter showed up? <laughs> And they were like, your pants are unzipped. Oh, oh, this is Atlanta. Oh. Every, yeah. <laughs> your pants are unzipped. You're really high right now. <laughs> Exit scene left. <laughs> like, I want more for you, Giselle. Why don't you want more for yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say Peter might be better than who Sheree is allegedly dating <laughs> from that love and, love and marriage Huntsville or whatever. Such, so. It ain't real. <laughs> hopefully not but like i said i don't know if giselle and peter are actually dating but it's i dinner, hope not and you do see him in the trailer he's at some dinner or something with or they go to his club or something so Let's is see. he opening up a bar one dc <laughs> arlington <Yeah>. potomac <laughs> buoy <laughs> landover <laughs> i'm in cap center waiting <laughs> Oh, bar woman asses. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one in Charlotte, apparently, it stays popping. Yeah. I think that's where he spends most of his time now. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very late, but I think I talked about Blackish before and I was like catching up on it. Um, but it ended in, I believe, April. But um, I still had a few more episodes left of the final season, so I just watched. Wait, weren't we supposed to do an episode? <laughs> I think we were, but like it ended earlier than I expected because the final season was only 13 episodes. Oh. And I thought it was going to be, you know, like a full 22 or whatever. Hmm. So that's why we didn't get to do it. But I watched the penultimate episode yesterday. It is uh, season eight, episode 12, entitled If a Black Man Cries in the Woods. And so basically, Junior had had a serious relationship and um, he ended up, uh, they ended up breaking up because his girlfriend, Olivia, ended up going to school across the country at Yale. So he's just super heartbroken over that. And Andre is kind of having a like midlife crisis. He's like, is this job really what I want to do the rest of my life? Whatever. So Pops, aka Lawrence Fishburne, is like, okay, we're about to do a man trip. I got this cabin in the woods. We're going to ride motorcycles up here. Like, y'all need to toughen up, basically. So 
you know, Andre kind of being raised by his dad, he's, you know, still trying to, you know, have that macho persona or whatever. And like, uh, Junior was outside by himself chopping wood. And then all of a sudden he just starts crying. And so Pops is like, why is this boy crying? Like, go out and, you know, get them together. So Andre goes out and he's like, you know, we're, we're black men. Like, you got to be strong. You know, this world throws so much at us. Like you can't, you can't be sad, like, or you can't be soft. Like, you know, you got to whatever. And Junior's like, you know, I, I understand that. Like, you know, I know that's going to happen, but like right now it's just you and me in the woods by ourselves. Why mm-hmm. can't I be sad? Mm-hmm. And like, it's going to make me tear it right now. <laughs> like, it was such like, because like when Andre was saying that, I was just like, why won't you let your son feel emotion? So I was so glad that like Junior stood up for himself. And then like Junior was like, you know, it's the most intimate thing you can do is like stare someone in the eye about breaking contact. So they, he holds his dad's hands, they stare at each other and he's like, you know, do you see me? Do you really see me? And then Andre starts crying and he's like, I'm so sorry. Hmm. And it was like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna <you> make it? <laughs> you're laughing through tears right now <laughs> oh my god oh man it was <laughs> clearly it really touched me so um but yeah it was really beautiful and then they so they have that moment and then Andre's you know trying to connect with his dad and his dad is like we came out here to hunt and you know build a fire and be men I ain't doing all that but then, you know, he kind he finally like gives in too and they're sitting around the fire and he's like, you know, I really appreciate you letting me to your home, even though I wasn't there for you the way I should have been when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and Dre's like, no, it's okay. And he's like, no, 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 it's not okay. Wow. And like, yeah, like it was like such a breakthrough and just like, I don't know, breaking that like toxic masculinity and like, it's, it's a wonderful episode. Like I highly recommend it. Hmm. And last, I am reading, well, listening to another book. <laughs> uh, this time it is uh, Cicely Tyson's autobiography, Just As I Am. Mm. And so I'm like still very early in it, but it's really cool because Viola Davis did the Ford for the book. So Viola like actually reads the Ford. And then um, I guess like it's the prologue or something that comes after that. So Cicely Tyson reads that part. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the book is read by a narrator. But it was really like, I don't know, it, it was like the prologue was just really powerful. I think hearing like, you know, Cicely Tyson read it herself. And she says something about something about like being in New York in the winter, watching a tree. I guess, you know, as it's you know losing its leaves and she says something about being in the winter of her life Hmm. and like I remember the book like came out around the time she passed away so I looked it up and the book was released January 26 2021 and she passed away on January 28th oh wow yeah so it's like even crazier to you know hear her talk about that and like just the the timing of the book release is pretty crazy but um so far it's really good and the Viola Davis like Ford is really interesting I had no idea that she had grown up you know in such like hardship so um, Cicely or Viola Viola 
because oh. she was talking about like the first time she saw um Cicely Tyson playing uh Miss Jane Pittman and uh yeah she was like they lived in like a rat infested apartment in Rhode Island and you mentioned having to like dig through trash for food and Viola Davis is from Rhode Island so she was born in South Carolina but then her dad got a job in Rhode Island so they moved and they were of course the only black people in the town yeah yeah um, but yeah, the, so far, like I said, I'm very early on, but so far it is a very great read. Oh, I did also want to mention one of Cicely Tyson's biggest roles is playing Rebecca in the film Sounder. And mm-hmm. so Rebecca's like the mom of the family. And originally they wanted her to play the teacher. And she was like, no, like the mom role, like that's all me. I know that's supposed to be my role. And they were like, no, you're too young and sexy to play the mom sexy (laughs) (laughs) she was like the crazy thing is like when they told her that she was 47 okay yes but her one of her first directors told her tell people you're a decade younger than you are so they thought she was 37 Mm. and she was like uh my top cocoa skin held my secret I was like, I know that's right. <laughs> yes, melanin. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So yeah, fantastic book so far. Wow. Cicely Tyson being too sexy for a role. Cicely <laughs> well, was a baddie back in the day now. Don't sleep but, on her. But it's like, you know, there are some celebrities who have just been old my entire lifetime. Cicely Tyson, Morgan Freeman, James Earl Jones. They've just, they've just been older. Well, yes, because they could be our grandparents or maybe maybe even our grandparents. But even parents. when they when they were in young roles, like I think about uh Lean on Me. Morgan Freeman was quote unquote young, but still looked old. <laughs> in that movie okay well yes as people often say morgan freeman has looked older for a long time but cicely tyson did not look older in you know the 70s but like i'm not familiar with too much of her like i i do remember like sounder when you said that i was like oh yeah she was in that movie but there are i don't have too many young references of cicely tyson (laughs) So she's just one of those like forever old, God rest her soul, celebrities. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, you can find us on social media at Their Eyes Were Watching TV, all one word on Facebook and Instagram, and on Twitter and TikTok at TEWWTV Podcast. So please follow us and, you know, um, I don't know, talk to us. Tell us what you're watching, what you want us to watch, et cetera. And you can also um, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, um, Amazon Music, and Pandora. So please make sure you rate, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And share with your friends, your family, you know, all your, your loved ones, your pets and yeah yeah tell us what you like tell us what you hate but you know just tell us don't don't tell us what you hate about us (laughs) well i'm at the show 
Not me personally. I'm sensitive. Girl, <laughs> you sensitive. It's like if you if you give us criticism, make it nice, please. <laughs> like Dorinda, Sandwich make it, it nice. <laughs> Sandwich it. Right. Yes. Please do. <laughs> Anyways, um, until next time, friends. Yeah. Be easy. <laughs> All right. Peace out. <laughs> Bye.